Lindsay and I will be watching Fantasy Suites tonight. Yes. Zach shall cross the season of Bachelor, which is when there are three women and he gets overnights. So if we had our three baddies so far in Fantasy Suites tonight, Lilith kicked out of the Garden of Eden and the Bible and is a demon, Cleopatra, the last pharaoh, queen of the Nile, and Ching Shi, prostitute turned pirate queen, who do we think would ultimately thrive in Fantasy Suites and become the winner the winner of the bachelor or the bachelorette two good questions (laughs) welcome back to rebels agenda today we're in the same location we're at katrina's apartment and we're excited to be together to talk about our next badass so today we are jumping into a prostitute turned pirate queen named ching shi so katrina do you want to intro her for us I do. I love that we are together. We're actually uh, having a little sleepover to watch Bachelor Fantasy Suites tonight. So it's sex week, people. We'll see if the hype is real. We'll see if it's real. In the meantime, let's talk about Ching Shi. So Ching Shi was born in 1775 in a impoverished province in Canton, China called Guangdong. And her birth name was actually Shi Yong. Now, this is important because her name that we know her as, Ching Shi, actually means Chang's widow. So her name is just Chang's widow now. And that's what she's famous for. Interesting point that we'll circle back to. Um, upon reaching puberty, Ching Shi was forced into sex work to supplement her family income because they were so impoverished. And she worked at a floating brothel, also known as a flower boat, in a Cantonese port city. So Ching Shi is working on the floating brothel, and this is really where her adventure begins. She meets her future husband, Chung Yi, and he is a pirate captain. They end up falling in love and getting married, and she becomes his pirate queen of the Red Flag Fleet. When she became his queen, the Red Flag Fleet had 200 ships, and only six years later, with her as his queen, the Red Flag Fleet had grown to almost 2,000 ships and between 50 and 80,000 pirates. And they had basically like a 10-year tirade of success where they pillaged and raided every town and ship from Macau to Canton, which is 60 miles of coastline in South China. Now, some notable things about her rule. She was known for some pretty harsh punishments. So unfaithfulness and rape were both offenses where pirates would be executed. Deserters would be hunted down, their ears cut off. She often chained people and nailed them to the deck and beat them. There was flogging and quartering. And this really interesting one where when they would raid another ship or a town and take prisoners, the ugly female prisoners would be released. Not sure who was the judge of this, probably Ching Shi. And the beautiful ones would be kept. But if any of her pirates did have consensual sex with those kidnapped women, they had to marry them. And the Chinese government is like, okay, I don't know what to do. Like, she's unstoppable. So in 1810, they finally reach an agreement. She is able to negotiate a generous pardon with the government directly. Her and all of her pirates go free, thus ending her successful career. She returned to Canton, where she was from, opened a gambling house, eventually opened a brothel, and died peacefully at age 69, surrounded by her family. All right, so let's talk about how we kind of open every episode with why is she bad? For me, growing up, hearing about prostitutes, I certainly lived in like bad land. Sex work that has for so long been looked down upon. So I think that somebody could say that Ching Shi was bad for that reason. 
-hmm. On the other hand, what she developed into being a pirate, also something that I think our culture sees as bad. Someone who steals, someone who takes over something that, quote, isn't theirs, somebody who just like terrorizes for personal gain. So I think those definitions would put her into the bad realm. Now, badass, the fact that she 10X'd, shout out Brad Bentley, her (laughs) pirate fleet and the number of people who kind of reported to her, totally badass. In six years, second in command, and then after her husband died, taking full command of everything, just wonderful. Yeah, I think I even forgot to mention that. He died after those like six years, and then she ruled alone for a few years and then married another guy. It sounded like she had to just kind of like have a husband to cement her leadership. Sounds like he's a little bit more prop, really. Right. I mean, yeah, she she was bad. It sounds like she really had her own moral code of ethics, which I think a lot of anti-heroes do. They like, you know, it makes me think of Dexter. He murders, but he only murders murderers. The bad people. Right, right. So she's like, we raid and we steal, but no rape. And, you know, if you have sex with them, you have to marry them. Right. It just comes up with all of her own her own laws, which makes her palatable to us versus someone that we might be like oh, this was literally just a bad person. Right. Like right? every single <laughs> law and rule was bad, whereas she has some redeemable ones. Okay, so my question for you is with 70,000 pirates, yeah. not even just 70,000 employees, right. 70,000 pirates right. who are pillaging for a living, how does one logistically manage that operation, do you think? That must have been why the punishments were so severe and she had to have such a tight hold on them. And I can also only imagine that they enjoyed following her and loved her. How was there not a, what's it called? A mutiny. Yeah. <laughs> like a rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that from Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. But okay. when, when they all turn against the captain, it's a mutiny, right? How did that not happen? And especially with a woman, they must have loved her as a leader yeah, and, and feared her, her, respected her. And then that was also possibly why she like I mean, what would she have been able to hold on to these fifty to 80,000 pirates had she not been married? Probably not. Because I have a feeling if she didn't have to get married, she wouldn't have. Right. It's also interesting that being married to a pirate helped her learn the trade, mm-hmm. which was probably helpful in then taking over the trade. And surpassing him at some point. But but yeah, she wouldn't have had that opportunity. Yeah. She was a sex worker. Yeah. She had no so opportunity. Some doors. Mm-hmm. Okay. We love those who open doors, especially you men out there. Okay, there's a YouTube video that I watch about this by Biographica. It's called Ching Chi, the Pirate Widow Menace of the South China Sea. And talking about leading logistically these 70,000 pirates. One thing I thought that was super interesting was her stroke of genius. So instead of just having these pirates raid ships along this salt trade, Instead, she set up kind of a mafia situation where the pirates had to register with local units that she had set up. So picture little posts along the post to get like a pass that they could show a pirate to say, no, don't steal my stuff. I already paid my tax, basically, to Chingxi. He called it a monopoly of violence over this salt trade route. Her pirates were then the ones to decide if somebody would be harmed or not. And this became then a way to collect money that wasn't just about the loot. And I thought that was genius. So people had to pay a tax to the red flag fleet? Yes, to not be pillaged. Interesting, which also is a way that she avoided violence. Right. Yeah. She just like kept it civil. Let's just keep the peace. 
What a queen. I know that, or I remember reading that she, there was like a really strict hierarchical system too. Probably, you know, if you think of like a modern day work environment, like each of the 200 ships had a captain who all reported to maybe like mega captains who then reported <laughs> the into directors. like queen captain. Senior right. Director. She was like the COO. She had directors. She had a whole, she had a whole tree. So going back to if you have consensual sex with anyone she captured, you have to marry them. Not pay them, marry them, right? And then when she retired, she opens a brothel. Mm -hmm. So it's like, was she against sex work? And for, you know, oh, if you sleep with someone, you have to marry them? Do those things relate? Yeah. They, they almost seem like hypocritical to me. That's why I'm bringing it up. It brings me to this question of, could a brothel be considered moral? Mm. If it could, it would probably have to be woman-owned. Mm. Why? A former prostitute woman mm. comes with the perspective of, this is what harms me, this is what doesn't. Therefore, I'm going to set some rules about this oh, brothel. So, so you're saying that the person who owns the brothel would have had to have lived experience as a sex worker. Yeah. That's fair. And maybe it could be moral because if there's going to be sex it's work. like a white person like running a support group for black people, not, not good. Yeah. <laughs> That doesn't the happen. Thing to happen. <laughs> okay. We were just like driving going out one night and we passed a strip club. And you said, could a strip club, do you think a strip club could be a B Corp? We were at the conference. It was fresh on the mind. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So B Corp, for those of you who don't know, it's this third party certification you can get that says that your business is a for-profit business, but also a force for goods. Like Patagonia is a B Corp, Ben and Jerry's. Lindsay and I both worked together at a B Corp called Inspire, which was a clean energy company. So it's like a company that's for-profit, but like they're trying to make the world better. So could a strip club be a B Corp? They'd I, have to donate to women's shelters and stuff like that. Yeah. They'd have to like give back. There'd yeah. have to be a give back component. Yeah. There'd have to be very strict standards. Yep. For the workers and the guests. Mm -hmm. But I think that could be said about any business that ultimately goes for that kind of status and not even necessarily B Corp, but that's one certification you can get of showing consumers that you are responsible with your resources and with your intention mm -hmm. and that they're meant to benefit both planet and people. So I yeah. think it's possible. I think we'll see it in our lifetime. I hope so. Okay, so another question around her legacy mm. and how her marriages affected that. So I think when we look at a lot of badasses throughout history, many of them are defined by the men who were aligned to those women. So how do you think that Ching Shi's men in her life affected her le legacy for good or bad? The reason that this came up for us is that, like I said at the beginning, Ching Shi literally means Ching's widow. But I feel like beyond that, yes, it's part of her bio. Like, oh, she married this guy, then she married that guy, then she married that guy. But they don't talk about their role in her leadership or in the fleet or in her government or in her enforcement of her rules or anything. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, she married this guy. They really sound like side pieces. Yeah. But we were thinking about, okay, if, if today, you know, let's think of some women who are badasses in their own right yet are overshadowed or defined or remembered by who their husbands are. Yeah. Who came to mind for you? Honestly, a lot of people come to mind for me. A couple of them are Kris Jenner, even though she's a badass and a mafia woman. Yes. I think she is very similar to Ching Shi in the way that she runs this whole operation. But 
there's like these men that are kind of side pieces, but that also helped get them there. AKA Robert Kardashian, right? Who was OJ's lawyer. Right. And, you know. Was that pre or post Kim K sex tape? That was the lawyer pre. thing. Okay. So he really put them on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But then they like. They just got divorced launched and, from there. Yeah. and completely launched. Yeah. So Chris uh, Jenner comes to mind for me. Who else? Yeah. That's a um, good one. Hillary Clinton. The last one for me that's a really big one is Beyonce. Yeah. Now, I will go to bat for Beyonce every single time and say that she should stand on her own, though you can't really talk about Beyonce for too long without mentioning Jay-Z. So mm-hmm. those are a couple of women. They're a really me. good example, I think, too, though, of, of a true power couple that truly have individual success and success as a couple. Together, yeah. So yes, I also, you know, you think of one and the other's like the other side of that coin. But she's about to sit her own right. Oh, Everyone right. knows it. Yeah. Everyone knows it, which you. is great. Yeah. <laughs> the one that came to mind for me, and this is probably, this is also industry related, but was George Clooney's wife. Yes. Amal. Amal. Who is a lawyer, okay. I think. <laughs> and I know that she's like a super, she's like brilliant. She's beautiful. She's a badass. But she's not from the US originally, and she's not in entertainment, which is just already not going to put her in the spotlight as much but i even couldn't think of her name at first i'm just like oh george clooney's wife is a total badass who is she totally yeah (laughs) besides george clooney's wife and that kind of really that definitely relates to ching shi because we don't know her real name or we do but we had to look it up like right 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 right. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. okay so we're gonna do our last question is kind of a, a weird one i just thought of as aforementioned Lindsay and I will be watching Fantasy Suites tonight. Yes. Zach shall cross the season of Bachelor, which is when there are three women and he gets overnights. So if we had our three baddies so far in Fantasy Suites tonight, Lilith kicked out of the Garden of Eden and the Bible and is a demon, Cleopatra, the last pharaoh, queen of the Nile, and Ching Shi, prostitute turned pirate queen, who do we think would ultimately thrive in Fantasy Suites and become the winner the winner of the bachelor or the bachelorette Ooh, two good questions <laughs> let's talk about who would come out on top of fantasy suites i feel like the easiest way for me is to do process of elimination and i i want to eliminate lilith i agree she would just said fuck no and she won't even lie below said him. goodbye she, <laughs> she wouldn't do it she'd she walk out she would, she'd be like mm, this isn't for me she'd be yeah. the only one when chris harrison or jesse palmer whoever the freaking new host is yeah hands them the key and yeah. he says would you like to stay in the fantasy suit so she said um no she's like mm, i'm gonna fuck off it's gonna be yeah. a no for me dog <laughs> that's a no for me okay so lilith is gonna just go do her own thing she's like why am i even here now we have cleopatra and we have ching shi i gotta be honest i think ching shi is gonna take the crown on this one. Cleopatra seduced Mark Anthony and Caesar. You're not wrong. She's a seductress. You're not wrong, but I don't know. I feel like Ching Chi might bring out some like really fascinating toys. <laughs> like a nautical theme. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cleopatra would seem like the front runner after Fantasy Suites for being so seductive. Yeah. And then he'd pull a 180 and propose to Ching Chi. Because he's like, she's more marriage material. Right. Yeah. partner in crime yes. right whereas cleo i mean cleo i don't want to shit on cleo but uh, we're not going to shit on her we're going to say that she would be okay would she be back she'd be the bachelorette not lilith i don't no, know lilith doesn't give a fuck <laughs> lilith is like lilith already went home like she's done fine then what show would lilith thrive on big brother <laughs> okay more strategic yeah and, and not all about the romance right There's- but alliances 
Mm. All right. So as usual, we're going to close out with a Lindsay original poem about this week's badass Ching Shi. All right, Ching Shi. So this week I did a haiku. So I'm going to give you a reminder of what a haiku is. If you forget from third grade, which I did, it is three lines. The first line has five syllables. The second line has seven syllables. And the third line has five syllables. Typically in a haiku, there is stark contrast. There is a reference to nature and it references one moment in time. What I want to do is make a train and write one. So TBD, we'll see. I am going to Japan on Friday and my journal prompt on Friday is to write a haiku. So this is really good time. Cannot be more synchronous. More serendipitous. serendipitous. Mm -hmm. All right, this one, this poem is for Ching Shi and it's called Faultless, a haiku. Faultless? Faultless. The sea, her kingdom flashes red with no yes ma'am her tight ship is free i don't know why when you said tight ship i thought it was like a metaphor for a pussy Ooh, but i kind of like that i like that as well. <laughs> yes okay i'll give it a stab i'll give it a shot all right cool i can't wait to to hear it all right what do we have on tap for episode four Next episode, we are chatting through Josephine Baker. I hadn't heard of her. Hadn't heard of her. Nice. But she was on both of our lists. Tune in next episode to find out how Josephine became a spy for the Allies in World War II after starting out as a showgirl. So like, follow, subscribe. Let us know what you think. Thank you again so much for tuning in and we will see you next time.